Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. No, I love you. And I love, I love you. you a long time. We've been to each other's funerals and stuff. I mean, how many women can say here that we've been to each other's funerals? Oh, my God. No, no, no. no, no. To, each no, no, no. to each other's husband's funerals. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. It is a special week here because it is sadly the finale of Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2. And it's also been a great week in pop culture, you guys. So join with me today is the host of Lady Do You Remember This, Dara Lane. Dara, hello. Hi. It is truly an honor to be here to discuss the last episode of Ultimate Girls Trip. I, I feel really lucky to be here. I'm feeling really lucky to have you here. I can't wait to talk about it, but we have a few little items to get into before we get into that recap. Um, Starting off with just very quickly, because I addressed this on last week's episode about Ricky Martin and the allegations brought up against him by his own damn nephew, allegations of incest and uh, stalking, abuse, that sort of thing. So um, Ricky went to jail, not to jail, to court on uh, the 21st. Is that correct? I think so. And yeah. yeah. Day, court in Puerto Rico, and they decided they really can't move forward with it, fortunately, because as they anticipated, uh, this nephew decided to dismiss the the case. And they're saying he did so with no outside influence, no outside pressure, um, and that like everything's good. He just doesn't want to deal with it anymore. So, you know, thank God, because I couldn't put that on my plate, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. 
what with monkeypox and all, like uh, <laughs> having an, a man with polio in New York, I, I can't also have Ricky Martin as an incest predator it, at, this, at this moment. It's too much. It, it would to be too much for me to handle. And like, I just can't like, he is somebody that I just need to be like, stay golden forever, pony boy or whatever the saying is. Like, I just can't, I can't have him do anything bad. That also something to that level. I mean, I re- it was so weird how it kind of trickled out where we hear the domestic abuse um, accusations weeks, weeks and weeks before that. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't, mama doesn't appreciate this, this coming out. I don't, I don't like that idea. And then to just be nailed with, oh, and it's his 21-year-old nephew, and he might go to jail for up to 50 years if convicted. Right. That we These are unprecedented times, I realize, but, like, that's too unprecedented for my taste. Right. I'm ready for, like, any sort of, yeah, pox, any sort of plague that's happening. Like, I just sigh and turn over in my bed and take a nap again. But, like, this, yeah, it just, it would have been a lot for me. And I'm glad. I'm glad that everything worked out the way it should have. Um, I mean, obviously, it shouldn't have happened in the first place. But I'm glad it was false. <laughs> one, one thing that I did find really um curious shall we say mm-hmm. is uh you know there's such like drips and drabs of information like i feel like um you know i'm not getting a full picture and then when they said that they were dropping that he dropped it in an la times article at like the very end of the article it was like oh and by the way this weekend ricky martin is playing two shows at the Hollywood Bowl, <laughs> right. Friday and Saturday, which I was like, oh my God, like for people who don't know the Hollywood Bowl, it is an enormous venue in Los Angeles. Yeah. And it is like a coveted venue. And to get two dates that you can fill, that is kind of wild. Um, and it's just very interesting that it was like, and don't worry, he's still playing the bowl. <laughs> okay, thank you for mentioning that because um, while these allegations were swirling, his social media was just like business as usual. Let's keep those comments on, girls. We don't know what anything when anybody's talking about. And I just thought it was like, yeah, on the one hand, we should just keep calm and carry on over such an egregious allegation, but also it's like, um, we all heard this, like, you know this, right? Like I, maybe just turn the comments off just for a couple days until we all get figured out. You know? It's very, it's very like um, Erica Jane adjacent where it's yeah. like, um, you could just like chill for a moment. Right. <laughs> right. Just a beat. Let's just take a beat. Just a beat. And it's also like, babe, it's Instagram. If this, we're not even talking about TikTok. If you just go quiet for a bit, right? No one's, no one's, no one's noticing. No one's noticing. Um, let's let's talk about the second item because it just really made me laugh. This is a a great celebrity beef that nobody knew even happened. Um, with one Audrina Patridge from the Hills and. Uh, NSYNC's Justin Timberlake. Okay, so um, Audrina has a book coming out 
It's called, it's a memoir called Choices to the Hills and Back Again, which, you know, whatever that means. Choices? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I thought we had, like, come out on the end of the, like, celebrity memoir wave. And so now I just feel like we're just kicking up whoever because we have some contracts to fill. Was anybody checking for an Audrina memoir? Like, anybody at all? No, that it really does feel like um, the celebrity memoir world is really just shooting fish in a barrel. Like if you have had any amount of fame at any point in your life. Yeah. Just like uh, if you can, if you can uh, find a ghostwriter, you can find a publisher and 10 people will read it. No, for real. It's like, okay. Um, did your mom drink a little too much and you finished seventh on The Bachelor? Like, let's get you into Arbor Collins, girl. Like, are, it's yeah, a- are people actually buying these things? I just don't think so. <laughs> it almost feels like a like a racket, like like a like a money laundering scheme. Like, are yes. we all money here? Like, what's happening? It doesn't seem legal. It doesn't seem like there's a market for it, and yet here we are. Um, so, in this, what I'm sure, riveting book, um, you know, as memoirs will do, as a, in terms of promotion, they'll give you just like the like good stories but not good like they'll get like a b plus story like a little snippet to like get you to want to want to read the book um and buy the book so this is our b plus story as i call it uh just a devastating moment between she whitney port lauren conrad and justin timberlake um she writes i'll never forget at the 2007 mtv music video music awards in particular lauren whitney and i were on stage to present the award for male artist of the year Lauren and Whitney were beyond excited when Justin Timberlake won because they were super fans. His wasn't my kind of music, so I couldn't have cared less, but I was excited for them. And then Justin wouldn't even come up to us and accept the award in front of a packed house. Chris Brown came up on stage with him, took the award for for himself, and then presented it to Justin as we backed off to the side. Then she goes on to say that uh, Justin devastated Lauren and Whitney with his actions while she herself was annoyed at his rude diva behavior. And then she says it only got worse from there, you guys. I should have told you guys to pull over or something. Sorry. (laughs) Um, As if it wasn't bad enough, Justin took center stage and said to the crowd, MTV, play more damn videos. We don't want to see the Simpsons. Or reality television, she writes, calling Timberlake's comments a personal attack on the unscripted stars. Lauren's jaw dropped, Patridge adds. We were humiliated. (laughs) I mean, I hate Justin Timberlake, for sure. For sure. I, I, I don't, this isn't the most devastating story I've ever heard, but it is just, you know, a drop in the bucket that, yes, this man is, um, a real and true nightmare baby person. He is a true nightmare. I was listening to uh, Nicole Byer and Sashir Zameda's podcast called Best Friends. And just like out of apropos of nothing, they were talking about a moment where um, Rihanna, it was some award show, I'm not sure which, but Rihanna had gotten presented an award by her mother. And, you know, her mother has an accent because they're from Barbados. And so Justin then got on stage for whatever reason afterwards and was like 
mimicking her mother's accent on the stage and everybody oh. This was like 2017, you guys, like not even that long ago. <laughs> oh my God. He's a menace. He is truly like pop music's Dennis the Menace. He is, he is a menace to society. And I he just shouldn't be allowed around women. He should just be, I don't know, him, <laughs> him and his wife should just, you know, go hiking and leave the rest of us alone. Oh my God. Go do your outdoor sports. Go go do some windsurfing and leave the rest of us out of it. They have recently been pivoting because like the fashion weeks have been happening or attempting to pivot into a fashion couple and it is not working. And it's so funny to watch. They cannot pull off a fit for their life. No. And this was the founder of William Rast, you know, <laughs> not forget. <laughs> lest we forget <laughs> um i just seeing their pictures during those fashion weeks really really cracked me up if you guys want to laugh like i truly like countess luann was right money can't buy you class elegance is learned like they just can't pull off an outfit and it's amazing it's incredible i just can only ever picture jessica in like um in my mind, she's eternally wearing a like a spaghetti strap tank top with like a built-in <laughs> shelf bra <Yeah. laughs> and, and like uh, khaki shorts or something. What were their last names on Seventh Heaven? Oh, hmm. it's Mary, but I can't remember what their last name was. Um, but yeah, like there, when I picture her now, I picture her from the Hulu show that she did recently, Candy, where oh. she's wearing this like old lady golden girls wig. And that's like how I, I can't imagine her any other way. Um, but, you know, I'm totally with you. Justin is a flop bitch. <laughs> he's a demon and he's the devil. And <laughs> but like, sweetie, if this is the hot story from your book, I don't know what to tell you, girl. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I'm, the only thing that, and this is very dark, um, of course, but the only thing that I could see being like um, really interesting, albeit bleak, is didn't she accuse her ex-husband of like molesting their daughter? Ooh, I did know that there was abuse claims between the two of them. Oh, God, no, I didn't know about the daughter. That was like, she kind of alluded to it a couple of years ago. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. So I wonder if she gets into that or, or what, because otherwise, I mean, not that she should be exploiting her, um, her daughter's trauma, if that's true. But, you know, I don't necessarily need to hear uh, about getting snubbed by Justin Timberlake. I'm not really going to shell out the $14.99 for that audiobook. <laughs> right. I would be willing to crack open a, a you know, uh, I was going to call it a soft shell. That's not what the cover, <laughs> a paper. <laughs> um, <laughs> a soft shell. <laughs> My book is coming out in soft shell. Um, um, if she explained, like, how much money she let Ryan Cabrera borrow, I would oh, like, yeah. Um, I would like to know who else did she date? Like, really, what's the deal with Justin Bobby? Like, really break it down because now she's got nothing to lose because the Hills is for sure not going to come back. Probably not, at least for another five years. No, and 
uh, we didn't need it the the first time around. So, you know, let's just put it to bed, baby. Again, another thing I can't put on my plate because I watched every episode. Okay. I watched every episode and I didn't want to. The 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 reboot was so boring. I I watched like a little bit of the first season and I just could not I could not. I simply could not. Season 2 was significantly worse. Um every minute of it was torture. Um you know we're going to hear someday about Spencer and Heidi. I I feel the same way about them as I do Selena Gomez. I just have my theories that there's a lot of darkness oh, that yeah. we're not really touching on, but we're going to. That oh, yeah. one day, and I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. Um, yeah, I just ugh, Spencer and Heidi really dark me out. They there, me there is something so I don't know. Yeah, there has to be something very dark and scary there. I. I Losing their money and that on crystals is like, yeah, that's funny, but what what mental illness is that? <laughs> like, right. where where in the DSM five is that? <laughs> right. I need somebody to really talk about it. I feel like Heidi's really a prisoner to Spencer and like yeah. whatever is going on under all of that blonde hair of his. Like, the man is just fueled up on tacos and tequila. And, like, how he is a grown-ass man. Like, this man is 40 or something. Like, you guys don't understand that it's, like, weird to be spending thousands of dollars a week on champagne. Yeah. That doesn't ring as weird to you? (laughs) Like, come on. They're very strange people. Very, very strange. Mm. Very strange. Um, Speaking of strange people, Benifer... Jen Affleck has been born, you guys. Um, ben and Jen have officially gotten married. They are currently living out their honeymoon, um, walking around and sleeping on boats in Paris right now. Um, what did you think about Benifer? I feel like we've spoken about them, but what have your thoughts been through this whole 2.0 journey? Well, I at the end of the day, my, I think it's, you know, kind of fun and so strange that they're doing this. And then them getting married, um, it really feels to me like the mental illness of fame for those two people has now been like diagnosed as terminal. <laughs> like, I, I feel like they were both these two people who have completely um, lost touch with the real world Mm. and they're like let's let's revisit this let's go back to this like we both need a little juice and i i feel like it is a pr relationship that um has gone so far that they kind of like don't even fully realize it anymore and it's just so it's so odd but i enjoy it and you know what (laughs) God bless them. <laughs> Mazel tov. Um, I feel like I was talking to my friend Princess about this. And then, strangely enough, two days later, the LA Times had an article just about this. And I don't know if they were listening to me, but I would just like to talk about it. Okay. Um, but I think that the like elopement, Vegas wedding, quick 
thing is going to be the new celebrity trend um, instead yeah. of these like huge Hollywood event wedding things. And I'm kind of here for it. You know what I think? It, at first I was like, oh, what? this is like a really chic move to just elope. But then it's like, oh no, they're going to have the the big wedding uh, or party, but not the actual wedding. I th- um, at his like Georgia compound or whatever. I think the new trend is to elope because that way you post your pictures of your actual wedding outfits. It's official. Now the, the bounty isn't as high on your head for the wedding. Completely. I think, and that's exactly what I was saying to my friends, like they're the likelihood of them getting more, attention if they had done it big is pretty slim (laughs) like I don't think yeah they're really like checking for them as a couple like that so like why even bother if you can get just as much attention going off to Vegas and like controlling the narrative of having like your cutesy little like um hyper stylized photo shoot uh wedding photos like it's just so much less of a hassle and also for them specifically, I feel like it it truly was the correct and only move to make because they've already called off a wedding. So you can't like have the rumor swirling of like, when will the wedding be? Will, will they call it off? Like it will be this anticipation leading up to it um, and like dragging up the stuff from their past. Whereas if they just surprise were married, so there, yeah. there's very little lead up to it. They get to avoid all of the sort of negativity of um, will will it be a runaway boy twice in a row? Right. And and to your point about them having their like bigger party um, at his place in I think it's like outside of Savannah, Georgia. Um, that was the location or was supposed to be the location of their actual wedding in 2004. But you know that. We all know that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, they still get that, like, whole, like, moment that they wanted. And, you know, great for them. Great for them. Um, Did you like the dress? I thought her dress was cute. I thought it was cute. I thought it was cute. Um, You know, it worked. Yeah. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Jennifer has such a distinct look. Yes. It was very, like, different. It was a lot, like, girlier. Like, she tends to go more, like, sexy woman. But that is so her, though, when she's with a man of, like, I'm just a little, I'm just a little, little, little girl with my big man. Oh, like, like, I'm a housewife now. Right. (laughs) Right, she's like living her Lana Del Rey music video fantasies. You're exactly right. I'm Um, Jennifer Affleck now. Like, oh, (laughs) honey. Okay. You know what? Enjoy yourself. Honestly, I wish them the best. Enjoy yourselves. (laughs) Um, How long do you have predictions for how long do you think they will last? Do you think they're in it for the long haul? And by that, I mean 15 years. I think, oh, God. You know, that's that's tough. I kind of feel like, yeah, they have to be because it's just too embarrassing for for this to 
end. But you would think that like Chelsea Handler uh, would feel that way about her relationship with her now ex-boyfriend. Like the way she was, you know, drumming it up, how in love they were. And then to like barely make it a year. It's like, I guess, (laughs) I guess it could happen. Thank you for bringing that up because I this has really been on my spirit for the past week. Okay, so if you guys don't know, Chelsea Handler had been dating this comedian slash actor named Joe Coy for the past year. And uh, their relationship was very odd to me, but I also felt like I don't, I'm not the audience for whatever they're doing um, <laughs> with their relationship. So I'm going to stay out of it. But a few days ago, they announced that they had broken up and it's been this whole like PR rollout, mostly of Chelsea talking about how they had different work schedules coming up and like, you know, classic Hollywood, like, Oh, we we just didn't, couldn't make it through our schedules, but you know, there's so much love there and we're the best of friends, blah, 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 you know, whatever. Um, but their relationship has been so very strange to me because first of all, during the relationship, they were acting like this is the first couple to ever exist. The like, neither of them had been in serious relationships prior to this one. (laughs) Like this was so like everything they did was brand new information. They were like really talking about their love and how much they loved each other and how it's working and how great it is and how we were friends and this is why it works and what a great foundation we have and we love each other and then you guys break up not even a year and then the strangest thing is that they also announced which they didn't have to (laughs) they did not have to (laughs) that they had um recorded pre-recorded an anniversary video to commemorate the one-year anniversary of them dating. <laughs> this is honestly, uh, th- th- I- I'm speechless. It's strange. It's like, like YouTube couple behavior. Yes. Oh my it, god, that is a very good way to put it. It like they act like they have all the rules. Like they know the whole blueprints of how a relationship works and then there's this big announcement and here she is coming up on podcasts and um i'm so sad and we're gonna try to work through it and, you know this is what i've learned since our breakup and i don't want to like be ageist but like isn't she 50 like girl stand up <laughs> like, you know what else is weird is yesterday um i saw a billboard for his movie that's coming out in august so i don't know if like this is kind of a PR thing as well that they're kind of just like in on together as friends, but it's coming out in August and it's called, I believe Easter Sunday. Uh Uh-huh. I'm sorry. (laughs) We're releasing a movie about Easter in August. Was this just like, (laughs) you couldn't shelve this until next spring. What are we doing here? This is going to be the blockbuster of the century. We got to get it out right now. Okay. We, we, the people need to see this. <laughs> this is the next Citizen Kane. Uh, <laughs> featuring Brandon Wardell. Um, yeah, there. it's so strange to me and I don't get it. Like, I just don't understand anything of what happened with that. It was truly one of the more, uh, just the way they were talking about the relationship was already so bizarre and yeah. then this abrupt breakup what 
is happening here? Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is what happens when you make your whole relationship everyone's business. Like, and like you make an industry out of your relationship. This is the shit that happens. Well, and it, it yeah, it, it's that's what happens because it is just this is a common thing. We all have friends who let maybe not in their like 50s, but in their 20s or 30s are like, oh my God, I found the one. Like, this is seriously it. And then in six months, they're over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not completely out of the the realm of, of understanding, but to put it online the way that they did, and also just like, because they're such an odd coupling. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess her persona is so like, not anti-men, but I just didn't think she would be this down bad and, like, wanting to talk about it so much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, none of it made any sense to me. And you know what? Um, I wish them all the best. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck on all of your future endeavors. To the- yeah. <sighs> Lord, I mean, you know how this is going to go. Joe Coy is going to be married in nine months. Oh, Yeah. Oh, definitely. He's going to be like, oh my God, I've met a new woman and we're pregnant. And this is actually like the happiest I've ever been. Yeah. (laughs) Never knew a love like this before. Oh (laughs) my God. Um, With that, let's skip on over to the Berkshires one last time and talk about the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip finale. Um, Did you see, it's been kind of making the rounds that uh, Marco did and ask me anything on his instagram stories oh i have not seen this okay there really wasn't much to talk about so we can just run through this really quickly but he said that he was like a last minute hire um that the guy who was originally supposed to do it dropped out he's not a butler this is not his job it was basically like he needed the money and he decided to take it which he also uh that it was less money than he would have expected given the situation (laughs) Uh, what else did he say oh he said um, the Vicky and Dorinda I think he said that he connected with them the least um, and that he liked Eva the best and that he really did not appreciate when Brandy ripped his shirt off I I felt that his presence on the show was so strange. And I mean, I could have told anyone that he was just hired and not really a butler. Like this was just some sort of like, yeah, get a guy in here. Right. Uh, because they were trying to, I guess there was enough single women in the mix. Like, let's see how he uh, is integrated. But it was just so odd. And I didn't, I, I did not like it. I did not need him. I, I, I'm totally, totally with you. Um, so did you watch season one? I did. Oh, I did. <laughs> How do you feel like season two compared to season one? Because I've seen a lot of people saying that they really prefer this season. Um, cause they felt like the girls really got into it more. Um, I'm kind of 50, 50. I think I'm pretty much even on them. I, I like them equally. You know, I, I'm in the same camp because I actually think it's really apples and oranges. Yeah. Um, I think they gave us both something completely different, which was um, for the first season, I really enjoyed it because it was less drama and because we so uh, broke the fourth wall of kind of seeing 
what these people are like in real life Mm -hmm. uh, and seeing more of their likability and just seeing them as like normal people. And I am really interested in the real reality of what their experience it's it's very meta they've been on the show for such a long time like to have a reality show where they just get to openly discuss the reality show i thought was really interesting seeing them in season one like just barely stepping foot into that private plane and like they're all going toe-to-toe about which franchise was better i mean i had chills i have chills just talking about it right now like i love shit like that i'm totally with you and it was, and even when they weren't arguing or if it like no one was getting into it in the same way, I don't always need them to be fighting. Sometimes I do enjoy to like just watch them get along with each other and have a good time, especially in a limited series. I, um, I can I'm with you because when they announced season two, I was like, oh, I liked season one and how it flowed so much that this was such a true like chaotic casting, <laughs> chaotic evil casting. Yeah. Um, that I was like, ooh, I don't know how this is really going to work out. I felt like, actually, I was surprised at, I thought they were going to be a lot more thirsty and, like, ready to play. So I was pleasantly surprised that they were more subdued, especially Tamara. Tamara oh, yeah. triggers me. <laughs> you know, I've what I found interesting about this season is how it it really did feel like an audition for everyone to get back on the show. And I feel like to some level, it's also like um, Bravo giving us a a taste of our own medicine being like, oh yeah, you think you want Jill Zarin back? Oh, you think you want Brandy? (laughs) And then kind of, you think you want Dorinda? Oh, the reason why last season of New York didn't work is because we lost Dorinda. And then to just like put them in this really uh, pressure cooker situation Mm -hmm. all together where they're all kind of people are vying to be back on the show to different degrees and getting to see like oh okay no 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 no, we don't want Dorinda back oh uh Brandy's fun to a degree but like this is going off the rails Jill Zarin is useless like we really got to but I walked away going all right I I need Phaedra. I need Phaedra back. All is forgiven. She's your top girl. She's the top girl you want back. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think I think you're in the majority with that. I think she did such a great showing um, of just kind of you. You really she was smart and she really stayed above the fray. And we just got to see her. um her good side, all the things we love about her. And then I do love that they were like, oh, and hey, just one more thing. Remember, she did do these terrible things. Are you <laughs> sure about this? Just to remind you, okay, you guys aren't going to freak out on Twitter if she comes back? Okay. Right. <laughs> we told you. We did our due diligence. Yeah, um, we reminded you. <laughs> um yeah no I'm totally totally with you I feel as a Dorinda apologist like very broken down and sad um because I feel like Dorinda kind of like Cynthia just had like a poor showing and it was just very awkward to have to watch and 
What do you think happened? Do you think we're really seeing Dorinda or was this like Dorinda under a pressure cooker and being like, I need to lip sync for my life right now? I think it's a combination of both because I think she, in this, she seems worse than she was in her last season of New York, but Mm -hmm. really it seems worse because she is in a, a one week situation where she has given herself permission to drink every single day. Yeah. Um, it's a vacation. So she is drinking from, I think she was drinking from the moment she got up in the morning. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Jill was really trying to tell on her when she was like, yes, the drinking, but I just don't know like when during the day it's happening. (laughs) I, I mean, and they're like, oh, she was constantly napping. Mm -hmm. I think she was starting drinking as soon as she got up, um, would get a little sleepy, pass out, maybe like honestly like take it out or all and pound a glass of wine when she wakes up. And then she's like off to the races. Like in the um in the last scene of this episode, you look around the table, everybody has a glass of wine except for Dorinda who has a martini. And mm-hmm. you can't drink glass for glass of with people drinking wine with your glass full of uh, of vodka yeah exactly it's it's sad because i feel like (sighs) she must not be able to really control it because it was like she was drinking because she was having fun and like thinking she can kick it with the girls, but then she's drinking more because she's rubbing the girls the wrong way. Yeah. And she's like, Oh, I'll just take an afternoon off, but she's not really. (laughs) No, I it's, it's a lot that you could read in between the lines. She, and there's just like, um, so much anger coupled with, a true lack of self-awareness that I feel like in earlier, and I am also a Dorinda apologist. Like I really wanted her more than anything to make a really good showing and come back. And I do think for Dorinda specifically, this was truly the the biggest re-audition. Like her being told she's on pause, like everyone thought that was ridiculous, but I think that that was like absolutely what she was told and absolutely like genuinely told to her like oh you yeah take you know, a season off i remember andy saying that like talking at length about how this was just going to be a pause for her and not it was not going to be a, a firing um so yeah i mean it sounds like when you're talking to a room of people who have been fired it <laughs> and they're looking back at you like girl like look in the mirror <laughs> yeah you're- um i get it but like no i i always believed her about the pause thing but yeah like this was definitely her biggest audition and like the fact that she couldn't even like read the room and be like i need to not drink for like the last four days that that's very concerning to me and like i said last week that like i also think she was very like had a false confidence because yes 
the women in New York are all drinking to her level. So you can't really like in a way they call they do call each other out, but they always kind of protect each other too because they know that they have all got skeletons in their closet. But like this now it's like you've got a fresh batch of girls who are like, oh, this is uncomfortable behavior. Like that's embarrassing. Yeah. And uh, it was interesting to me also how it evolved over the eight days where everyone was kind of trying to figure out who their enemy was. And it really started off with Brandy and uh, like everyone kind of rallying against her, but also like looking at um, Vicky, like, oh, she's being a sad sack. But then by the end, everyone had come together against Dorinda. Against Dorinda. (laughs) Sitting at the breakfast table being like, oh, here we go again. It, It just, it does make me very sad for her because I don't even think she, she clearly has no control over it because she could have been drinking. She could have kept drinking the entire time. I think had she been drinking with these other women i think there was so much secret drinking i think there was she was drinking so much hard alcohol Mm -hmm. yep Uh, if she was just like you know what i'm not gonna start drinking until uh after lunch get two meals in that belly and i'm only gonna drink wine i think she'd be in a much better space much better much better she just gets so mean that's the thing is like you can be drunk and messy like a luann she's a drunk but like when she gets messy it's still entertaining dorinda it's just gotten to a point where it's like you're too mean you're too far gone this feels like a problem and it feels dangerous yeah like you're sucking the air out of the room you're creating enemies and yeah this is just like yeah it's there's an element to it it's like do we need to like do i need to sleep in your bed and make sure that you're up (laughs) like what's happening here it's really sad um so it's uh, unfortunately our last full day at bluestone manor and Dorinda is telling Phaedra that the prayer that she did at the wine tasting, <laughs> but he sat around the, the corks of wine and cried, um, really did something for her. It put everybody in a positive place. And like, that's how Dorinda wants everybody to leave. And Dorinda says her new motto has gone from make it nice to I don't give a shit. And we, we, <laughs> um, what happened? Oh, then Vicky and Tamara are going through the bis- gift basket that they got for the trip. <laughs> and they're like trying to figure out how to do the turby twist because that was in the basket. And Phaedra comes in to help Vicky with the turby twist, but she doesn't get it right, even though she's wearing a turban herself at the time. And she says in a confessional, Well, you know, Vicky has a little bit of a potato head. And that really <laughs> got me. I <laughs> I loved that. I've been trying to to keep strong against Phaedra in solidarity with Candy, but that that one really tickled me. I have to admit. Um, so what happens after? Oh, okay, then the ladies sit down for a pretty flop breakfast because Jill keeps trying to push this banana bread on people. Oh my god, that was pathetic. 
<laughs> I've noticed that she's keeps burning it. And so they just have like a plater, a platter of muffin tops because she's like having to just scrape the good part off and just leave it. Nobody wants the muffin girl. Nobody wants it. it that drove me insane because it is so, um, it's so annoying and desperate for her to be like, oh, well, you guys really liked the banana bread when I made it earlier this week. So I'm making it again. And it's like, babe, it's banana bread with chocolate chips. Like <laughs> people are just being nice. And also you're, can you look to your left and see that there is this huge spread of food? Like right. <laughs> this is not necessary. I mean, I don't, I'm sure it was just production putting that together, but if we were in the real world and you go to someone's house and they have a spread of food. And then you're like, well, I'm going to get up early and make uh, muffins and dirty your kitchen. Right. And like make extra work for everyone. For right. things that, oh, because I got one compliment on it. <laughs> She's really wild. She's clearly like taking the notes that people like the like motherly Jill. Mm -hmm. She's trying to to perform it for the camera. Um, would you be okay with Jill coming back as a friend of? Um, no, <laughs> I really, um, despise her presence. Really? Um, I really, you know, I, I think it was all kind of like distilled for, I was kind of indifferent to her for most of the season, but uh -huh. then when we get to the part where she's like, oh, um, talking about how she went to camp and nobody liked her there. <laughs> and killed me. I real I realized that like we've all kind of gotten Jill wrong. I feel like mm -hmm. you know she she's very um it's like yeah she's thirsty. It's more than thirsty. I think this is a person who has never been liked by a group of people in her entire life. Um like she's just always I feel like there must be countless times in her life where she has walked away from a social interaction and like thought that it's gone really well. And then finds out to her dismay, like the next day, the next week, like, Oh no, that person can't stand you. Like, right. She is just so oblivious. And the banana bread scene is like a perfect example. Like, Oh, just because they told you when you made the banana bread earlier in the week that it was good. Don't make it, Again, I think she's just someone who's so clueless and annoying. And she also says her biggest fear is being rejected. Mm -hmm. And it's like she is someone who is just always sort of um, trying to mold herself into what she thinks she want people want yeah. her to be. Yeah. And, and she doesn't really like from what we've seen, doesn't really seem to have strong relationships with women. Mm-hmm. And, and that goes back to her mother. That goes back yeah. to her relationship with her mother. I can tell you that much. Okay. <laughs> like she was really stuck with Bobby and like their relationship was cute. But on the other hand, it's like, I do really have like deep relationships with any woman outside of Bethany. Cause I feel like that was her closest one. And yeah, I mean, I feel like that definitely, uh, you know, paints a picture of why, their relationship breakup was so complicated because they both have these like really deep seated mommy issues. Yes. And like fears of abandonment. Um, it's fast. And inability to like hold on to people. Yeah. 
you know, actually her, her showing on this season to me, um, harkens back to, uh, scary Island and her just like dropping in Mm -hmm. and just truly not understanding what she did wrong and like why everyone is like weirded out that she's there. Like to me, that is the true Jill. Like when Jill, um, you know, orchestrated the fight between her and Bethany. That was her trying to like be someone she's oops, sorry, that is my dog. Oh okay. <laughs> dog so in the background, it's totally fine. <laughs> if anything. Um no, you're right. That's like that was her orchestrating something and trying to be a reality show villain. But the true Jill is just like a socially awkward, annoying person mm-hmm. who never gets it. Yeah. What? And that's, she's too socially awkward for me to like enjoy her on the show. Like she's just so cringy to me. Yeah. Like I feel like she busies herself with like her social calendar. So you can't really tell that she doesn't yeah. have friends because she's just kind of got like little acquaintances here, there, and everywhere in the surface. It's very interesting. And I think Bobby was was the real um, like social person in their relationship. And it's like people like Bobby, and so she could always look as if she had this circle of friends, but really, uh, I think you know everyone leaves an interaction with her, and they're talking about it in the car the whole way home. <laughs> I'm with you. I mean, there were like so many tells over the last couple of episodes of the women being so sick of Jill talking yes. and explaining things and going on and on over and over about the same shit. <laughs> like, it, like I feel like she would get three words in and they'd already be like, "Oh God, here she goes again." <laughs> like, yeah, I think I think um, with Jill, we were not ever even seeing how much they were talking about her. Like they knew it was too mean, the things that they were saying off camera. I think so too. I think so too. I'm glad you noticed that. Oh my gosh. Um, Oh, thirsty calling her thirsty was them being kind. Oh, very kind. Like exceedingly kind. Poor Jill. Um, Honestly, uh, God bless her. I wish her well on this journey called life. She'll be fine. She and Allie are all over TikTok having a great time. She's fine. Fine. Oh, God. (laughs) Um, At one point, Dorinda starts to talk about how when she first moved to New York, she wrote down a list of things that she wanted in a future husband and a father to her children and how, like, she didn't compromise and then kind of mentions in passing that one day she went gone on a date with a guy who had a foot fetish and Jill says that she has no idea what a foot fetish is. And so Phaedra was trying to explain to her, like, you know, it's when you, you know, there's like penis and toe action and things of that nature. And then Jill reveals that one time during a massage in the Hamptons, the masseuse sucked on her toes, just like out of nowhere. <laughs> That was that was a truly wild story, and uh, I think another example of Jill like not fully understanding, like Thank how you. weird that is. Because the look on her face was like, "Oh, 
this is not the reaction I expected. Like, is this weird? <laughs> yeah, she's like, I don't know. Bobby was like, uh, oh, well, uh, NBD. Like, <laughs> you guys, she said that she told Bobby, and Bobby was like, did you ask him to stop? And when she said, yeah, he's like, well, what's the problem? What? Bobby? <laughs> <laughs> that is so odd that that was Bobby's takeaway. Right. Oh, well, what's the problem? You told him to stop. He stopped. It's like, no. <laughs> like, I don't speak ill of the dead, but I think we might have to circle back on some things because <laughs> I'm sure that. there are some things about Bobby that we could circle back on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, may he rest. May he rest. May he rest. <laughs> so, uh, Jill, yeah, like, I, I just cannot believe that story. Um, Brandy is still drunk. Like, she's clearly still drunk from the night before. She's still wearing um, last night's disco ball dress with her labias sticking out. She's got a Diet Coke in one hand. Her hair is like a bee's nest got into a fight with a hornet's nest and then called it all (laughs) and um yeah everybody's just like hey uh how do you feel about taking a shower brandy you gonna take a shower i I want to shake brandy because it's just like i do really feel like um she really there is like a good cool person in there yeah somewhere i feel like she means well and she her missteps never seem like truly malicious she's kind of like james kennedy you know like there's a very like there's a sweetness and there's like yes they're funny and they both get it but then it's just like their mouth cannot be controlled (laughs) well and it is just like i'm sorry babe but like you are screwing up too much where like if the um the privilege of drinking should be taken away yeah like maybe you're not uh doing a dorinda where like you're drinking all day and i'm sure she's like i i have a pretty good feeling that she is like a good mom and like her kids do really like her yeah um so maybe not like an alcoholic in the way where uh-oh you're gonna like end up getting your kids into a car accident because you're drunk it's more just like you are ruining opportunities right because you can't control your mouth when you're drinking yeah yeah it's a problem because there's a lot of potential there like she's written what two books and i feel like i mean i haven't read them but i've heard they're like not bad (laughs) all things considered Uh, i I think yeah i think she has a fan base that people i think the personality is in there but she is such a self-saboteur that i'm just like brandy like i think she really could have gotten herself back on the show since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. But I wonder if, like, <clears throat> other women would be like, no, 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 no. We don't, we don't mm. want to deal with her. She's too much. Yeah. Maybe like Rena. I can't. I don't know if they like each other or not. But um, yeah. I mean, I, I really have an issue with Rena. So anything to get her off that show would be a blessing for me. I mean, poison, uh, <laughs> <laughs> murder. <laughs> I'm willing to go there. Let's explore all the options on the table. Honestly, <laughs> let's not write anything off at this juncture. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think, okay, so if Phaedra's your top pick to come back, who else would you bring back? I mean, Tamara, I guess we can't count. Would you have brought Vicky back to OC with Tamara? Uh, no. Because I do, I mean, I I, I just feel like we've seen all of Vicky. Mm-hmm. And I guess we've seen all of Tamara, but I do feel like with Tamara, uh, I think she's a good bridge. Um, yeah. Like, she's not necessarily herself the best housewife, but I do think um, she knows how to get along with other people. And if and she's done this for so long, I think that if the producers say to her, this is what we need you to accomplish in mm-hmm. this next season with th- these cast members like can you bridge this gap i think she's like yes i can do that like she's a utility player for sure she's the star that, the straw that serves the drink for sure and i don't really like her and i like kissed the ground the day that she got fired um but i really have like turned around on my opinion of her and i think for orange county which is by the way my least favorite uh, franchise oh, yeah. Um, like by far um, I think she's necessary like I think you're right like she doesn't really have much of a personal story like what am I what could she possibly say to Eddie that I need to hear not a damn thing. <laughs> I mean Brian throw him to a pit of hell like please see her ugly MAGA son I would rather die but I do think she like Orange County is like a good ensemble franchise. Like they really rely on each other because none of them really have anything going on and she will make things happen. Yeah. So I, I, I don't really, I wasn't like, I did like her in this, in this season. I think she did a good job and I think she really did at the end of the day earn a spot back of like, yeah, you know what? We need this person for Mm -hmm. a reason. Um, other than her, uh, other than Phaedra, I mean, I loved Eva, but I can't decide if I really need her on the show or if I'm like, oh, she's someone I'd like to hang out with. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm totally with you. I I, I was like, okay, this is a nice send off because I feel like people really thought that she was like a non 
factor on the show. Um, but like, eh, thank you. Thank you. And goodbye. Good luck they on your journey. <laughs> you know, I, I could see her maybe coming back in a situation of also like a utility player where I feel like every, every cast needs a sort of like um blank slate person who um, is just like nice and is hard to really hate. Like I feel like um, Stephanie Holman on Dallas yeah. was, was that person yeah. where when they say something is wrong, like everyone kind of listens because they're so um, normal seeming to a degree. Yeah. She would be a good replacement for like Cynthia. Yes. You yes. know, I feel like people kind of felt like Cynthia was like, eh, you know, like fine. Exactly. <laughs> it was there. It was like, okay, well, we don't need two of you. But now that Cynthia's gone, we can we can get her back. I'd be fine with that. I th- I think she would really fit in as a nice puzzle piece because she also, especially in this in this showing of her personality, like I I really she really was like a non-factor to me when she was actually on the show. Like I really don't even remember her to a degree. Yeah. But she really stood out as like a calming presence and like Cynthia, it's just like, oh, I just really like looking at her. She's so okay. beautiful and calm yeah. and everyone really likes her. Um so I could see her coming back in that capacity. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I'm happy for her. Maybe she'll get like a an e show. Honestly, she clearly needs the money because she had to record a podcast every single day throughout <laughs> this. So, like, please, like, she deserves it. She's a nice person. Give her whatever she wants. I mean, they can surely throw some of the budget from like Bend It Like Bradshaw or whatever the fuck that show's called, and <laughs> Eva's family. Um. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> um okay so let's see what happens after that um oh yeah so Jim the ladies have been like sort of in charge of the different activities and you know they've been very loosey-goosey with like trying to tie them with some iconic moment from uh I'm on the show, but Jill's was nothing of the sort. It was like you said, um her making the girls go canoeing or kayaking seems like they're very unclear on which activity they did it was canoeing um because girls at her summer camp made fun of her and so she's hoping now if she goes with nice women that she can recreate some positive memories and it's like baby go to therapy go to therapy that is what is missing from this woman's life is therapy have you seen that that meme that's like um you know what earth would look like if this like Imagine what the planet would look like if Jill Zara went to therapy. Like, we'd be in a in a complete utopia society. It'd be unreal. You know the, the problem, though, with Jill, and I, I thought of this with, um, like, people in my life, is it's like, oh, they need to go to therapy. But can you imagine how long they would need to be in therapy for the <laughs> therapist to actually, like... <laughs> get the kind like see through all the bullshit and like learn their language and interpret things like I guess with Jill it would be easier because I'm sure they would watch the show secretly she seems aware of her um issues but she has some reflection on it yeah (laughs) it's very interesting how she navigates her life um 
she's so funny. She's so funny to me. Um, I really hate watching people, reality stars do activities on television. So for me, me this really was I, I don't like watching scenes like this. Um, I did think it was funny that I think, um, I believe it was Tamara and Vicky were in a canoe and they were getting lost. And Phaedra said that she didn't want to go back and help them because they were the, like the two blonde girls that would get killed on Friday the 13th. So, and she was right. She was completely right. <laughs> I'm not saving them. No, thank you. Um, Brandy and Taylor try to clear the air with each other. Taylor, I guess, is over whatever issue she had uh, on behalf of Adrian Maloof. And they're, like, starting fresh. You know, whatever that means with Brandy. I don't really feel like that ever lasts very long. But um, I, I do think, though, one thing I just have to say. Yeah. About Taylor and Brandy. I think there is literally no way those two are not like hooking up at BravoCon or something. Like, right? <laughs> I feel like um, Brandy really got in there and tickled some like by curiosity that that's in Taylor and just just give it a weekend. They're crossing paths at BravoCon or something. There is sexual. They tension. end up in a hotel room. There, yeah, there is a sexual tension between them. And I think maybe you're right. Like maybe some of Taylor's anger was like misguided sexual frustration. She really just turned it around. So like it was anger. And then all of a sudden it was like, yeah, it's like when thou doth protest too much of like, oh, I can't stand her. She's so annoying. But, like, the fact that Brandy is so out there with her sexuality and just absolutely puts it on uh, puts it on the table that if you want to hook up with her, it's it's there for the taking. I yeah. think in Taylor's head, she was like, "Hmm, hmm. <laughs> i i would I would subscribe to that only fans. I would be totally fine with that. and i I think you're onto something, honestly. I guess I'm just always rooting for um, Lady <clears throat> Bravo celebrities to like have some sort of bi-curious um, exploration. <laughs> like, I mean, classically, my dream is for Ariana and Katie to, um, you know, just finally. <laughs> so we, we've got one one Tom gone. We just need the other, and and then I want them to date. It, yeah they fall in love with their sandwich shop is this what you're saying i think a lot so of people have seen that honestly <laughs> um oh my gosh that's so funny <clears throat> so over in tamra and vicky's room vicky tells tamra that she just got word that steve moved out of the house in Kodo. um he's going to puerto vallarta and i just couldn't help but think because he was going to mexico get, to get the rest of his things from her apartment you think she had to pay for that plane ticket? Oh yeah. Get his shit. Uh I think I think he like still had the credit card. I I really think this whole thing is um she is better off without him because this to me to break up with her before she leaves to film this the is day so before. scary. That is like what is he up to? 
Right. To right. do that to her, so like she's completely shaken up. Um, it's gonna be hard for her to have fun. It's gonna be hard for her to like participate fully. And then also she can't think about what he's up to while he's cleaning stuff out. Yeah, but you know, guys don't think about that. They're just like, oh, she's going to be gone for a week. So, like, this is a perfect time. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I won't have to deal with her. Right. <laughs> she's crazy, bro. You know she's crazy. I'll just wait until she has to film a TV show. And I'll take everything from, I'll take all my stuff out. It'll be fine. That way she won't <laughs> yell at me. Oh, fuck Steve. Um, and, and fuck him for making me side with Vicky. You know, that's really the worst thing of all. Exactly. I really hate that him and in the end, Dorinda made me uh, like side with an anti-vaxxer. I know. <laughs> I know. The greatest tragedy of all. And I would like to just like retract a statement that I made that I had heard Vicky A had a new man and B that he was hot. Um, <laughs> she doesn't have a new man. But apparently this is a man that was set up with uh, by Kelly Dodd. So no, thank oh, you. Good Lord. No, I will you. say I, <clears throat> my favorite line I think of this season was, and it was just like truly an unexpected comedic moment. Like, I don't know, is Vicky our Lucille Ball? <laughs> but she says, um, <laughs> if I die today, let everyone know that I died sad. <laughs> it's just so out of left field. And I keep thinking about it and it's never gets any less funny. Like out of all the things. Out of, I, I actually, and I thought of that today because uh, I was in bed and just like a TikTok came up of just that line. <laughs> and um, my, my man uh, also watched the show with me and he just heard that come come from my phone he started laughing <laughs> it's just truly a, a classic line because she like really meant, meant it like there was no hint of irony whatsoever like, she, like <laughs> this is how you operate you want people to know you genuinely want people to know that you died sad <laughs> I died sad and but she, I want everyone to know that I died and it's like what what sad <laughs> was not expecting possible answers oh my god she it, she really is like very funny in that way she um, really is I have to give her that <laughs> I'll give her that yeah um so yeah, and she she's like upset about Steve and she's telling Tamara that she doesn't really want to like tell the rest of the girls because she doesn't want to get all emotional in front of them. And Tamara's like, you know, you knew this day was coming. And, you know, Vicky says, I was just holding out hope that Steve would change his mind and want his family back again. And it's like, girl, you were not a family. You were his sugar mama. Like, let's be real. There was no family with Michael and Brianna. Ugh. Um, no family with um whatever his brother from Roger Pete. Lodge. <laughs> yeah. She's not you're not hanging out with Roger Lodge. Like you're you're was no family. There was no family girl. Like get over it. Um and I, I've also really been enjoying seeing Tamara and Vicky's relationship because they really were like 
frickin' frack on Orange County, which I found particularly annoying. But I can tell that Tamara doesn't like Vicky <laughs> that much. <laughs> and that's a real treat for me. Yeah, you know what it feels like? It feels like um, a friendship that a lot of us, I feel like a lot of us can relate to, of someone that has just been in your life for years mm-hmm. and you know too much about them. You've been through too much with them and you really can't stand them. Yeah. But because you have that history, it's just like, uh, and I take a bullet for her, but I cannot stand her. For sure. Like my sister has a group of friends and from high school and one of them is like full MAGA. Oh my God. Republican. (laughs) You know, every now and again, they're just like, girl, I cannot do this with you. Like it's truly like Tamara went out in the world. Like I think maybe when they started the show, they were very like, uh equally yoked like in terms of like philosophies or whatever but i feel like tammy sue went out in the world and she's grown up and matured and like vicky's the girl who never left their town and is still thinking about people from their high school and it's like they were best friends but now it's just like okay like yeah there's a history but there's no like-mindedness happening here Yeah, Tammy Sue went out into the world and Tammy Sue is still learning. She's not, she's not on the ball immediately. She's, but she figures it out. Yeah. And and she can uh, relate to people in a normal way, in a way that Vicky has a lot of trouble with. Right. Yeah. But they, but like Tammy Sue really speaks Vicky's language. Like she like she's the interpreter yeah this is a video I, I did love it kind of i had a weird um heartwarming moment and i don't know why when um vicky was reading through her words for joel's game and she was like oh thanks tamara i know your handwriting i was like oh they know <laughs> each other's handwriting <laughs> and her word for her was mom like it wasn't <laughs> 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 that is just like a fact. You are just a fact. <laughs> uh, so um, before they leave the room, Vicky looks over at Tamara and is like, Am I crying? And it's like, Can you not feel the tears on your face, ma'am? Yes, you shouldn't have to ask somebody if you're crying. She was like sobbing. At first, I thought it was a bit, but then I kind of thought about like how she, um, holds her face (laughs) and like how I don't know her face does sort of feel like she's gotten like some sort of dental surgery yeah uh, where it's like does she have full command of feeling in there so I was like maybe she was being honest Uh, truthfully like she can't have more than five functional nerve endings (laughs) right like there's no way (laughs) there's no way I think she really wasn't sure Oh my god. Um okay, so after that they go to lunch. Um I what happens after that? Okay. Uh Jill proposes they play the game. Okay, this is what we're talking about. So she's explaining the game and all the girls are like, "Girl, we understand the rules." So basically, like everybody's supposed to write down a word 
to describe one of the other women. And then they were just going to go around and guess who picked the word or who the word belonged to. Right. Um, again, I hate games like this. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> uh, what did they do? They pull out words like, um, secretly sexy for Taylor. Eva got Zen. Phaedra got the friendliness. And she's like saying in a confessional that it's really, Nice to hear that because she hasn't always had the best rap on Atlanta. And we see her going off on Kenya. Just an incredibly. Oh, that that one stings like a real low blow. People really talk about that being like a, a read, but to me, it's like, it's just a little too much for me. <laughs> it is so viscerally cruel. I, I think it, I don't think it's a read at all. It's like, oh, I know Kenya has her problems, but like, she's just trying to have a baby. And like, you're, I don't know. It just, it cuts to the quick. To tell somebody that like, you're going to look at your child and know that their father just needed a medium pizza. <laughs> I mean, listen, is it beautifully written? Like, should Phaedra be, like, a comedy writer? Like, yes. In another life, she could be in the WGA and just be a screenwriter. She's incredible. But it is truly the meanest thing I've ever heard. So mean. (laughs) It's so mean. Um, Yeah, just like, you know, it's just like a pleasant change to not have to be on the defense all the time. And it's like, well, okay, you could also not accuse people of drugging and raping other cast members. That would also be a simple solution to your problem. That would be such a, God, I can't believe she messed up that bad. Like, she really lost, lost Jesus in that moment. And, And it's really wild to me that, like, we've seen her now address it twice, her feelings about it today, and not great. Not she. She does not take responsibility for it. Oh no! Which is really hard because I do. Oh God, she's so funny and she was so good in this. But it is just like truly horrific that she did that. It really is. And like to talk about my friend Princess again, she mentioned that she feels like uh, Phaedra just doesn't understand. Like, yeah understand how bad that sounds like she doesn't think about that and associate it with like rape you know like I think yeah that's what that is the disconnect she just uh, thought she was I don't know what she thought but she's not connecting it to you accused a cast member of attempted rape yeah yeah I don't think it's like really curling over for her which is chilling because she's a lawyer I, I will just um one quick side side note is uh, that I just kind of connected is there is such a um like biphobia to um yes the housewives like I really like to put that on candy like oh you were trying like that is so um like gay predator yes BS that I really don't appreciate and yeah. then also for them to bring up um Denise I like a several episodes ago I really did not like that yeah yeah it's yeah they definitely could have gone about it because it makes Denise sound a little creepy frankly it makes him sound it's another like for Tamara to be like oh yeah she wanted me to come to her hotel room blah 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 
I'm sorry, wasn't Tamara making out with Bronwyn? Yeah. Like, she has um, a bit of a buy streak. Yeah. But she's, but she's like, oh, Predator Denise. Like, I really don't like that. And then they get to say these, like, aside things of, like, oh, if I wasn't married, I would have gone for it. And then I feel like everybody just forgets that. And it's like, well, <laughs> okay, yeah. let's talk about that, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's it's odd. It, it, yeah, I do feel like the way housewives handle, like, gay accusations by accusations is very odd and historically, like, a real bad look. A really bad look, and I do feel it's um, kind of maybe a little generational. Like um, they're not, they're like, oh no, I, I'm like the way Beverly Hills handled the Denise and Brandy thing, where it's like, well, I don't care that that like uh, they hooked up, but like they have to be honest about it, mm-hmm. and they're not realizing that like they're potentially outing a person and they're framing a person as a predator yeah uh, they're like not fully understanding the context of how they're reacting to these things like the grander context of how gay people or bi people are treated as predators but then when they're drunk oh well i can make out with girls yeah there's like an entitlement to knowing about like gay and bi people's sex lives and it's like why why is why do you need to know this information um if she had consensual sex with somebody why is it that you like need her to stand on the pulpits of honesty and announce that to everybody like what what that's not your vagina like who cares who cares that that is honestly someone can we get the think piece the entitlement to the gay sexuality of husbands or gay by uh, dalliances of the women. Very interesting. Yeah. The entitlement. It, it's so weird to me. I've never understood it. No. Huh. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... The ladies go to a Shaker village because, you know, the Berkshires is really hopping, you guys. Um, they have to cruise the property, walk through a whole active barnyard full of shit before they uh, sit down for dinner. You guys <laughs> spelled horse manure. You know how pleasant that must be. Um, right before you're about to sit down for a full meal. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, they're just like... Dorit is talking about the history of the property or whatever, and she makes a joke about how uh, she's starting her own travel agency, and Bridger's like, oh, you should for real do that because you really seem to know a lot. And then Brandy's like, oh, you know, well, if you do, just be sure not to yell at the people (laughs) for it. And everybody's laughing except for Dorinda. And Dorinda keeps that look on her face, and it's like, okay, she's starting. She's starting. (laughs) here we go again and Dorinda's like oh you know well maybe you should just not get so drunk that you make an ass out of yourself at their house and then she's looking around like she just might drop the situation but everybody's like oh why that is the best way to describe 
Dorinda's outburst is it always feels like she thinks that she's mic dropping. Yeah. And it's always just like everyone around her is like, please, no, please, please. Like, I will sit in the barn and have dinner right next to the manure before I have to deal with this. Um, It's, yeah, it's so frustrating. I'm really, like, really bad about secondhand embarrassment. And these situations really make me want to die. We're like, the person just clearly is not reading the room. And you just made everything so not fun. Yeah. And, and like, it didn't have to be this. And then she keeps, like, digging her heels into, like, no, you guys, like, don't you agree with me that she shouldn't have said that? Or, like, don't you understand? And, th- like, she's trying to make allies, but, like, nobody's giving her anything. And I'm glad for it, but it's also really hard to watch. Well, and also her hammering on the, like, oh, was it a shirt or a dress? Yeah. She really tried to make like a comedy special out of like, oh, oh, you, I, you know, maybe I wasn't running around twerking in my shirt. Oh, I, I mean, my dress. You know what I mean, guys? It's like, ugh, cricket. Uh, it did. Um, I don't know if this is this is too bleak, but the the way she like gets so um, self righteously mad when she's drunk and like really self satisfied with the mean things that she says. All I could think of was like. Was this how she um, treated her daughter? Right. Or or how she treats her now, maybe? Here's something I noticed that she does. She used to do it on Roni, and then she did it again. It's like a light bulb moment. Is that she'll be like, um, don't you feel like, like, if you were in this situation, is this how you would behave? Like, if you were in a proper home, if you were a proper lady, Mm. like, do like is this what you do and how you act in other people's homes like it's just so condescending <laughs> and you're Mara, right. that is Hannah Ugh. that is that I mean it is her it really is like getting a little window into that must have been how she was parenting mm-hmm. oh Hannah do we act that way in yeah. other people's houses like, remember when she went off on, who was it for saying the F word? Like, like yes. um, Heather or something? Yes, <laughs> yes. It was like this whole thing about like, you're from the Berkshires, we're from the Berkshires, you know not to say this. And like, my mother would kill me. And it's like, who gives a shit? Yes, it is. And it's just like, oh, oh and they actually like do um, the kind of juxtaposition editing with her of being like, oh, and you're you're lifting up your dress. You're lifting up your dress. Oh, I'm sorry, your shirt, your shirt. And then they're like, here's her doing the exact same thing. And it truly does not compute. Not at all. Not at all. Oh, God. Dorinda needs to see a therapist, actually. I would say more than Jill. Um, Yeah, I'm with you. (laughs) Like, Brandy's, everybody's on Brandy's side. She's like, there's really nothing to say about this. Brandy's like, yeah, I was just trying to make a joke. Like, it really wasn't that deep for me. Like, I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) 
I don't know what to say. Um, Phaedra says in a confessional that she feels like everybody has a trigger, and for Dorinda, she feels like her trigger might be bourbon. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so then basically all the air has now been sucked out of the whole room, the whole Shaker Village, not a <laughs> morsel of air. And so a couple of ladies are like, okay, let's just go to the bathroom. Apparently the bathroom is basically like on the other end of the Berkshires. So we have to watch them like navigate this whole property, trying to find these bathrooms. Eva is making Jill uh, check the uh, entirety of this single person bathroom for what? I'm not sure. <laughs> um, <Ghosts>. Shaker ghost. <laughs> old old shakers um and yeah like it's uh brandy actually ended up crying before going to the bathroom but not everybody noticed that so while the other ladies are with brandy trying to calm her down the rest of the ladies are with dorinda so dorinda's like trying to make allies with vicky and taylor and tamara and she's like well you know don't you guys think that that was just not in the nice way of brandy to start the evening and they're just like over it and they're like we just think that brandy was joking and you know maybe let's not let this ruin the whole evening dorinda <laughs> and it's like yeah i mean i just like brandy was crying and dorinda is like what do you mean she was crying i'm crying <laughs> and then dorinda tries to talk about how brandy is like having a teenager in the house and you have to tell her not to touch the fire and she touches it anyway and it's like that might be you okay that might be that, you. that's you oh god she is so it this is a sad sad decline yeah yeah i really have an issue with people who can't take the l and like yeah. just keep wanting to get a win and it's not happening and just like give it up delicious i don't have all day for this i can't do it uh um so the ladies come back and then they go down to sit dinner dorinda tries to go to the bathroom but vicky's like i'll just hold it i'd rather get a uti than have to hang out with dorinda um that was another great line <laughs> um dorinda then comes back she goes around the table and you know it's basically just like our end of summer camp closing up of the of the uh series where you know she thought this that and the third going into this and how things have changed for the better and um you know she's talking about this as a, this was like a sister circle week for them as if she had torn all of them except for phaedra and eva a new asshole like you've made half of these women cry and you're yeah. talking about how, like how great this is Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Thank you, ma'am. 
it, it's so bleak. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, Jill starts to get emotional at one point because she says that she was really most scared to get into it with Dorinda because, like you said, her biggest fear is rejection. Um, I think Brandy really hit the nail on the head when she said that she felt like Jill was really just being nice to Dorinda because she feels like her safest bet for getting back on the show is if she's friends with Dorinda, like yeah. on the show. Um, I think she's completely right about that. I think Brandy like knows all like, I th- I feel like she had a lot of um, very astute insights of just like little, little dribs and drabs that were like, she knows what's up with everyone. For sure. And I appreciated it. You know what? Maybe I do want Brandy back. (laughs) If Brandy could just control herself and be the peanut gallery, she'd be one of the greatest housewives to ever exist. You know what? And here's the other thing with Brandy is I don't think she's in the right city. Because (laughs) I feel like the Beverly Hills women are such pearl clutchers and like uh, they're I feel like if she was in New York, mm. she could really like assimilate better or maybe honestly in any other city besides yeah. Beverly Hills where they like think of themselves as like high society. Especially I'm watching like season, I think three now. Yolanda's now on it and just the whole snooty and snobbiness I don't remember and you're right like they really treat Brandy because she's not wealthy um like she is like some sort of like freak yes They just can't believe that she says anything that she says. And it's like, you guys are just as naughty as she is. Like, where are we acting like, yeah, what's with all the pearl clutching around Brandy? It's like, at one point, Yolanda, I really am detesting Yolanda during this rewatch. (laughs) And she says something about how, like, the worst thing is a drunk woman and how, like, uncouth it is and how, like, disgusting she finds it. And it's just like, (laughs) oh, she's so, like, backhanded. I think Yolanda is the scariest mother across across any franchise of Housewives. I agree. I went to brunch like a month or two ago and I thought I saw her and I literally got chills. I like got nervous. (laughs) Fortunately, it was not her, but it bore a striking resemblance and that was enough for me. (laughs) It was a trigger. (laughs) It really was. Like, I went out even kidding. I was like, oh my God, she's here. I can Uh, but yeah she's really like a true true monster and like just like the things that she says like ugh, she and that man oh that man that ugh, man the worst the worst that, people truly the dregs of society honestly like at one point david foster is going on and on about how basically he yolanda is like a barbie like she is just like ready when he comes home with like some fresh 
you know, lemon braised chicken and she's did done her Pilates for the day. And like basically how she just fulfills the role of Stepford wife and how like much he loves her for that. It's so weird. There's no irony to it whatsoever. Like he genuinely thinks that it's like, okay to think of her like that. It's so weird. (laughs) Oh my God. You saying Stepford wives, like it really does. Their relationship feels like some sort of, Stepford Wives sequel where yeah. she's she's doing she she's being her little robot and then all of a sudden the robot is malfunctioning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's not pretend like you guys if we all want to live in the real world, we have to look at ourselves and know the truth, which is that as soon as Yolanda got sick, David had no use for her and he hated her. And that's why they got a divorce. And it's truly like awful but that's what happened. It was, it was instantaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I hate that man. Um, okay. Well, let's finish this up before. <laughs> um, Dorinda and Brandy end up making up. Um, that, that's basically it. Like, Dorinda says that she really wanted to take this week as, like, an opportunity to have a sisterhood moment and... She's like, you know, I, I just feel like everybody gave their all except for Vicky. Like, okay. <laughs> um, Vicky says that she's going to give Dorinda a little bit of a pass because it was her house and she is hosting and like she gets that. But, you know, she feels like next time they should perhaps be on neutral territory, which begs the question of like, how fucking livid do you think season two is? Knowing that season one got to be Housewives and the Island Baby, and season three, they're going to Thailand, and here y'all were stuck in the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Like, I'd be livid. I would be livid, especially also, yeah, like, having it on someone's turf. Yeah. That is unforgivable. (laughs) Yeah. Like... I think personally that Bluestone Manor should have some sort of national landmark status. I'm absolutely a petition, but like if you're giving me the option between that and Thailand, I'm choosing Thailand every time. It it is just such a shot to the heart though for, for them too, because it's like, Oh, I'm just Berkshire's level. Right. It's not like, Oh, it's unfair fair that I didn't get to go there it's like no that's what you're worth yeah you got the this juncture yeah (laughs) the other ladies were taking private jets and here you guys are taking uh, a three-hour uber from JFK the pictures like (laughs) to be in someone else's house where you can't drink coffee in bed I'm sorry I would have like just completely alienated Dorinda like day one like I'm sorry I can't bring beverages to my room (laughs) yeah that's wild I would have been like eating in the bathroom like y'all weren't about to catch me slipping but I would have like I like a little I have a little treat before I go to bed at night and you're not gonna stop me from that okay no way I I, listen if I'm on a group trip I am definitely like taking a bottle of red wine to my room to like decompress away from everyone and like yes when I spill it all over your bedspread I'm gonna hope that you just bleach it and forget about it (laughs) get a scoop of oxyclean and let's keep it pushing like yes 
<laughs> not dealing with this with you. Um, the series ends so strangely. So um, weird. <laughs> I like if anything, I could not. I could have written down this would not have made the top one hundred. Maybe not even 200, where Phaedra announces that not only did she get everybody a signed copy of uh, the prayer book that she um, had introduced them to days before, but the Bible. And I really loved how excited Jill was to get her very first Bible. <laughs> that was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> she really loved it. But then she announces that she has her good friend Hezekiah Walker, which I know the white people don't know who that man is. But to black people in the black Christian community, he's like a very famous gospel artist, um, just like person in the community. Um, so to see him like in the Berkshires, <laughs> it, it's very, very strange. It's like, I don't even know what the white equivalent of that would be. Like if, I don't know, like Amy Grant came out. <laughs> I don't know. But it was just a very strange thing to watch. Um, and to see like Tamara offbeat with the tambourine in the background, Taylor's twirling, <laughs> fabulous. It was just like a real <laughs> to end this season on a gospel song was a, a delight, a strange delight, but a delight nonetheless. It was so odd um, and so out of left field. And also just thinking of um, just the logistics of it. Like, oh, it's not just him. It's like, I don't know. There was probably 20 other people or 10, 10 to 15 other people. Yeah. So they all got like busted. Right. And, and no one knew but Phaedra. So they're like hiding somewhere in the Shaker Village, like waiting to come out. Like hiding in the barn. <laughs> I was like, go, go, send them in, send them in. Just to sing and do praise and worship was Tamara Barney and Brandy Glanville. Like, can you imagine? It's a fever dream. A fever dream because they're everyone is also clearly drunk at this point. Yeah. So they're like, wow, I am feeling this. Yes. <laughs> like they were all so in. Like, if this were um the real world not the show the actual real world uh -huh. <laughs> and someone was just like you're not in a religious situation and someone's just like and now everybody everybody gets a bible and <laughs> we're gonna have some you know gospel right. you're like excuse me <laughs> it's 11 30 at night here comes oh. a full choir out of the barn <laughs> we've been drinking all day <laughs> I thought I was about to get on this table and twerk, but you're telling me there's a whole fire <laughs> coming out. Okay. Okay. Not how we thought we were going to end, but here we are. Here we are. <laughs> so what a treat. How would you rate season two out of 10? Gosh, I mean, I'd give it a solid, like, I would, I would give it an eight. I think if they had ended the season on last week's episode, maybe I'd be at a nine. I, I really feel like last week's episode was felt like the finale. And yeah. this week's episode felt like, well, we have to make another episode. Right. We we, we got their advertisement money. We got to squeeze out another one. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I, I thought it was great. I'm like very just pleasantly surprised at this series because I did not think 
it would be good. And they've been delivering. They've been delivering. And honestly, at such a crucial moment where, uh, I don't know, it's been, it's been hard to be a fan of the housewives yeah. at this moment in time. And I do feel like girl's trip is, is what's keeping us on life support. Completely. I'm completely with you. Uh, Dara, tell everybody about your podcast and where they can find you. Uh, well, my podcast is Lay Do You Remember This. Um, you can find me on Instagram, on TikTok. Um, although TikTok did ban me from posting videos because I had too many community guideline issues. God. So I can't post again until next week. And I was just going to say that you post really good videos and encourage people to follow you. That's crazy. Anyway, I, I, listen, I'm really worked up about it because the last community guidelines issue I had was a month ago. Um, and after I spent an hour plus editing a Kaylee Cuoco uh, <laughs> picture reel, they decided to tell me I couldn't post it until next week. Oh, my God. But please follow me there anyway. You know, I knew there was always something very sinister about Kaylee Cuoco, and I'm going to blame her for this. I think she's dark magic. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming and talking to me. And we'll have to do this again soon. Yes, this was a blast. And actually, um, can we do this again when Sister Wives is back on? Absolutely. Absolutely. I got a lot to say about that. Wrap in September 11th, you guys. We're heading back over to Coyote Pass. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you have a good one, girl. You too. Bye. Bye.